Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Good morning, everybody. So good to see you online today. Uh, Just a a one-off message that kind of encapsulates everything that we've been talking about for the last two months. The Way Forward is the title of the message today. And I've just felt as we've been wrapping up the Keeping the Faith, the the C-series, that we need to take a moment and just clarify our position as a church. In all the challenge of the pandemic and what it's brought, what is our position right now and what is the way forward? And so my hope today is to help clarify the way forward this year and next. And now I know we won't be communicating every detail and, and I've got some things to explain and go through that may be a bit tedious at times, but please lean forward and tune in. Uh, this is important information. And I know if you're like me, you need to hear it more than once or twice to start to appreciate it and get it in. With that, You may have more questions and answers today, but that's fine. That's the beginning point of finding clarity. So the way forward is the message today. And uh, I've got to say, as we now land almost on Easter, we have, we're, we're approaching nine, nine months left of the year. Have you thought about that? And so we've literally landed in 2021. We're no longer beginning. Um, 2020 is, is disappearing in our rearview mirror of our, of our lives. And as we land, have, as we have landed in 2020 and still look down the highway, the pathway of this year, I, it, it makes me think um, about when I was a boy, my, my brother has been taking photos out of my father's photo albums. My father passed away a couple of years ago and he, he was very good at taking family photos. And you know those big photo albums with a big cover and they were blank, black pages where you glued in photos and often there was this tissue paper between. I don't know if you were old enough to remember those. Well, my father had 30 or 40 of those filled with photos. And my brother has been sending us pictures out of them. And uh, one of them, was a picture of all of us, five boys, my mum mom and dad, in front of this large American Pontiac sedan. Back then, it was the only car big enough to fit five boys across the back seat. Yes, I know what you're thinking. This is pre the revelation that seatbelt saves lives. This is pre-airbag. This is pre-safety zone. This is back when the actual metal Uh, facade of the car was actually the safety point. The thicker the metal, we thought the safer the car. Anyway, point being, my dad liked to go on road trips. And being a little boy, and I'm I'm talking younger than five, sitting in that car with my big brothers all across the back seat, I, I had no idea. I didn't fully appreciate where we were going or why we were going. Didn't really understand why it would take so long. But I did have that ongoing question that seemed to be a growing annoyance to my father and that is are we there yet and I know all of you can identify that because we've all been young and we've all been on road trips with our parents and that question seemed to come up in my heart about every 15 minutes on a five-hour journey got a bit tiresome for my parents but yet I feel we kind of have that approach to this year as well and what's happening with the pandemic Are we there yet? 
Is this going to be the year that we arrive? And that's a good question because instead of having a passive sit back in the sofa approach, we're taking a front footed, faith filled, risk taking approach to this year. And so just to recap on a couple of the imagery uh, stories out of scripture that we talked about previously out of Hebrews 11. It's impossible to please God without faith. And, and, and my paraphrase of that is we cannot play it safe and please God. I thought, wow, it's a pretty heavy scripture, but boy, what a scripture to motivate us to keep stepping out of the boat, taking steps of faith and risk because I want to please God, because every time I do that, I'm saying, I trust you, Lord. I don't have full clarity of what's on the horizon, but I can see right here. You've shown me right here the first step. And as Peter stepped out of the boat, the only way he could do that is because he had his eyes on Jesus. If he did not have his eyes on Jesus, he would have sunk directly. But because he had his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk on water. And I've got to tell you, we have four faith initiatives this year. And we're taking the first couple of steps. We're keeping our eyes on Jesus and stepping out of the boat. And so when I look at the, the fundamentals, the core of what church is all about, there's two passages that jump up. And that is the great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment of love, to love God first and only with all our hearts, to love each other. Even so much so, he says, the way you love each other, the quality of the love that you have for each other will testify to the world that you belong to me. What, a, what an incredible statement. What a challenge to us. And then, of course, the great commission, the great mission, the great vision that Jesus gives to the disciples. And so there's a number of positives we can take out of this pandemic. There's been plenty of negatives, but there are some positives. And that is it, it, is, kind, it is encouraging us to get back to the core and fundamental aspects of what it is to be the church of Jesus Christ. And the first and foremost thing, when we look at the great commandment, when we look at the great commission, when we look at God's love as the most powerful force in this world, when we look at the Great Commission as the mission and the vision that he's given to us, it all comes back to you and me. It all has to start not with the preacher or the pastor giving a great vision. It all has to start with me and taking ownership for me. That personal growth, growth in Christ, is a non-negotiable aspect of walking with Jesus. It's a non-negotiable quality or requirement to being a Christian. It starts with us. And so as a church, as we look to the future and the way forward, the priority is that we are going to double down on making sure that we are disciples of Jesus Christ first and foremost. If you reflect on the last messages where we showed a clip from Pastor Phil and he was talking about taking steps of faith, walking in faith. And he said, before you are a connect group leader, before you are a church building leader, before you do any kind of ministry for God, before you're an evangelist, before you're a preacher, before you are anything, first and foremost, the most fundamental beginning point is that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
So this year, let's take a step in that direction. Let's ask ourselves, what is our next step? Let us see the growth in each other's lives. Paul writes to Timothy, the son of the, the spiritual son of, of Paul. And he says, in speaking to the, the people around Timothy, he says, look and see his growth. Speak of his forward progress. That's in 1 Timothy 4. He says, you can identify in people around you. Be encouraged and be encouraging of people's progress forward, their growth in Christ. And so Paul continues as he speaks to the church in Colossians 1, 9 to 12. He says this, be assured that from the very first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you every wise mind and spirit attuned to his will and so acquire a thorough understanding of his ways in which God works. We pray that you will live well for your master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you will have the strength to stick it out over the long haul, not just grin, uh, grim strength of gritting in your teeth, but glory strength that God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. Thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take the take part in every bright and beautiful thing that He has for us. That's out of the Message Bible. You know I like to refer to the Message Bible. It just paints the picture so well. He talks about the partnership we have with God, that it is in our serving of God that we actually grow closer to God and learn about His will and His way. That's discipleship. Discipleship happens not so much only in a classroom setting. It's in the doing of his will and fulfilling his mission in the Great Commission. So growing in Christ is a non-negotiable for every single Christian. And so that leads me to the next part of my message where I just want to take one faith initiative at a time and try to clarify what they are about. And so the first one the faith initiative of the future fund. That this, this is about being good stewards. This is about quite simply, just like you would in your home, whether you're, you've got a family or whether you're an individual, it's just prudent wisdom that you would set aside finance to build a strong foundation for the future, whether it is concerning purchasing a building or building uh, more significant ministries in our community, but that we would set aside a resource for us that when God is ready to release a building for us, we are ready financially to take advantage of it. And so the Future Fund literally is us by faith giving into the future of this church declaring to God and to the heavens that I believe in what you are building in this church will come to great fruitfulness and multiplication. So I want to sow God by faith into the future of this church. C3 Lund, Faith Initiative C3 Lund. You know, when I look at what Matthew and Christelle are doing on Wednesday Night Life uh, tonight, 
actually. I'm filming this on Wednesday night, and on Wednesday, and it's on tonight at 8.30, if I'm right. I hope I'm right. But when I look at that, you know what I see? I see I, it's just something that's very beautiful. It, it's, they're not concerned about not having the occasional technical challenge or uh, one of their beautiful kids coming and needing their attention. And they just keep on carrying on. And what is so beautiful about it is that they are authentic. They are beautifully authentic. They are communicating the heart of God, respect for one another, but a heart for that city. And I think that is a tremendous first step of communicating who we are as a C3 church. I was talking to Matthew just the other day and he said, you know that last Wednesday when we did Wednesday Night Live? There's been a thousand views, 1,000 views of that 20-minute devotional. And so can I encourage you? We may be taking just the first step and the second step, but the next steps will happen quickly. We're expecting to see connect groups get started throughout Lund over the coming months and into autumn. And we're hoping, as we talked about, the hope of the target that our faith has to shoot at. The arrow is our faith. We remember the message. The target is our hope of things that are still unseen. We, we have a hope for a service starting this year. The target is my faith. I'm praying, I'm giving, I'm believing, I'm encouraging as I shoot my faith into C3 London, what we're doing there. So let's be in faith for what God is doing in London. City Hearts, number three, faith initiative, City Hearts. Let me just take a little bit of time here because we need to take a bit of a, a shift in how we're understanding this because we have gone through a shift. And so will you just kind of go with me as I try to explain where we're going with City Hearts? And so the backstory is that I had pretty much proclaimed and declared over a year ago that we were going to start a ministry reaching uh, those in human trafficking and modern slavery. And that is still a possibility in the future. But as a part of that, Aaron, Yvonne, Frick and uh, Charlotte and the team of people around them took time to investigate how is that being covered in our community? Who's working in this area? Because we don't want to put our efforts into something that's already significantly covered. And so we met with the, probably the most significant Christian charity in Malmö, and they really gave us a heads up on what's happening in this area. And it gave us a strong sense that this has already got some good people working in this area, good relationships with them, and we can see uh, that relationship continuing. And so we went back to the whiteboard and brainstormed and prayed and thought about it and discussed and just whittled everything down to what I'm about to say now. And so remember, the point of City Hearts is about getting into our community and meeting needs. And so with that in mind, they, they as a team, the City Hearts team, have figured out why not be true to ourselves? We're an international church from all over the world and all over Sweden. Let us work in this area. And so the idea is this, as our first step out of the boat, step one and step two, let me just make that clear, because this is a starting point that will open doors to steps three, four, five, six, etc. So the first step is that uh, we're going to create a hub, a reference hub for every person that is coming to Sweden 
for work, for permanency, for marriage, for whatever reason, and they're trying to figure out, how do I get into the Swedish system? How do I open a bank account? And what school should I send my kids to? Is there a good church? How do I get unemployment benefits? How do I do this? How do I get a personal number? How I need help. And there, all that information is out there, but it's very difficult to find it in one place. And if you've just moved to Sweden, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so we want to keep create this resource hub, a central point, because I can tell you that it's not out there. It doesn't exist. And this is going to be a fantastic opportunity for us. As, it, as, as all these Facebook groups of people come into Sweden, so many possibilities of getting our presence out there online through this central hub. And so... Uh, Aaron and Frick will explain more about that over time. And the second point, or part two to that, is through these connections and through these Facebook groups, through these network of relationships, we will start to have meet-up days with people and start to go on hikes and barbecue days. And, and I'm believing as we build relationships into our community, doors will open, doors where there's a need. Doors where there's a broken marriage that needs healing. Doors where somebody who's been away from Christ will return to Christ. Doors where we can come in with who we are and the resources and the skills that we have and meet important needs in people's lives. But this, I reiterate, is a first step. Over time, City Hearts will evolve as needs come up, as opportunities come up. But this is a great first step to get into our community. And lastly, Faith Initiative, our online ministry. One of the things the pandemic has done is accelerate change all over the world. Online shopping has taken off. Uh, home pickup, you know, delivery at home and picking up from outside the store. All, there's so many industries that have been impacted so much by the pandemic and the church is no different. There, has, there is not a church on the planet that has not been impacted and is required to change because of how life has changed. The people that we are trying to reach, their lives have changed just like yours and mine. And so we will begin to, we've already started with our online service, but we want to de develop that more significantly. And it's not so much about promoting what we're doing in church but building ministry online. And in just a few minutes, Justin is going to explain that in a little bit more detail and give us a broader understanding of what that means. The online ministry is to complement what we are doing already in service in this building. Uh, it is not in any other shape or form a replacement or anything like that. It is a complement to what God is already doing in our midst. So the pandemic has accelerated change. For good reasons and in a good way. It's required us to focus and sharpen our attention. I remember God spoke to me in the very early days of building this church and he said, Quentin, keep it simple, keep it focused and keep it anointed. And so as we come and just talk briefly about the core fundamentals of this church, of every church, and that is quite simply in three words, reaching people, making disciples and building community. And we are doubling down. We're working hard to make sure we're developing strategies where we can reach into our communities, reach in and build meaningful relationships 
and find ways that we can bring healing, grace, love, connection, and relationship into people's lives. But also making disciples. We are also doubling down on making disciples a culture in our church, not just in our connect groups and on a Sunday morning, but also online. It's not enough just to have a Facebook or Instagram page where people just flick through it, but we want engagement. We want to measure engagement and make disciples online as well. And continuing with the community, point number three, building community. This is why we will be having service. When we go back to services in May, we will alternate between Connect Group Sunday and in-service Sunday, a Sunday service like we used to. Connect Group Sunday, Sunday service, and alternate between them. And so that keeps in focus the sense of community, deepening relationship, life-on-life discipleship. And so reaching people, making disciples, and building community. And so I'm just going to invite Justin to come up and talk further about our online ministry and the first steps that we are taking or have taken and will be taken as we step into a pretty large pool and have to learn how to swim. Thank you, Justin. Just take a few minutes and explain that to us. Thank you, Quinton. Well, I'm representing the media team this morning and talking about online ministry. Well, what a year we've had. This uh, pandemic has forced us to adapt and make a lot of changes. And uh, really what you're experiencing right now is kind of forced upon us in having this online church service. We can't do in-person gatherings right now. But I'd like to say as the media team, we've had a really great period of discovery of learning new tools and and finding new ways to to present and it's really been an opportunity for us to discover the possibilities that there lies with digital now obviously digital is not a new thing like the internet was maybe a big idea back in the 80s or the 90s but i think we all kind of agree that the internet is is kind of already well established but this past year of course we've been even more reliant on the internet and I, for people like me, we've been working online. You know, some people ha- initiate relationships online, or organize your life online. We're online all the time, right? We're online. If it's not hourly, it's like every minute just checking stuff. And it's such a big part of our life. So it seems natural that the church should really leverage that. And we've been talking around this topic for many years, and we've tried to do as much as, as we saw fit at the time. But this period of, of being reliant on the online has really opened our eyes to a lot of opportunities that I believe are before us. And just really bouncing off the themes that Quinton was talking about, about reaching people, discipling people, building community, we started to think about, well, how can we do that online as well? Because this is a complement to what we're already doing. And we're really excited about getting back to in-person gatherings. And I, I believe in the blessing of face-to-face relationships and gathering and, and that sense of place. But there's a, I believe there's a big opportunity with online ministry. And one of those opportunities is the fact that people coming to our church, they have to actually attend in order to initiate that relationship with us. That's how it's been historically. They've had to come through the church doors. And one of the things I've realized is that that is quite a big threshold for someone that's just curious about faith. And it's maybe not your first step in your journey of faith. It's maybe step two, maybe even step three. And so there's a lot of people out there that are part of that number of people. There's been research recently about during the pandemic, especially people have been searching for topics of faith or prayer. There's a lot of curiosity out there. And how do we meet that curiosity? How do we create a contact point between the world out there that might be curious and our church? 
Well, I think it's not enough just to have church front door. We need to actually meet them where they're at. And we can do that through the devices that they have and interact with every day in their homes, on the bus, at school, wherever that is. They can, just like they're doing on a Sunday mornings, come in and participate in the service. And maybe they want to do that anonymously in the beginning. Maybe they just want to listen in and scratch that curiosity. But then we want to give them the tools to discover faith, to learn more about what God is all about. What is this kingdom all about? What does it mean for their life potentially? And so we want to help them on that long and winding journey to faith. And hopefully at some point make a commitment to being a disciple and to become part of our church community. And so we've been brainstorming a lot as a team. How can we do that? Because we recognize that there is a big gap between just Googling things of faith and actually becoming a member of a church. And so even before the pandemic, we realized there was a challenge. People are so just strapped for time, being able to come out in the middle of the week for a a Bible study or some kind of discipleship training is a challenge. And so we want to use and leverage the digital to give people opportunities, not only just to learn about God, not just to reach new people, but also to help those that are a part of the church family to to get some tools, to get equipped so that they can continue to mature in their faith and help facilitate discipleship. We're really big believers on life on life discipleship, that we need to be involved in each other's lives. But sometimes that is a little few steps into the journey and it might not be where we need to start off. So we want to use this digital ministry to extend the reach of our church, to lift off the roof of our church and, and be more visible to the world around us, to create contact points and to create tools to help equip people in the discovery journey of their faith. So I hope you're excited about that. We'll be coming to you next week with more information about this really important faith initiative of online ministry. Thank you for your time. Back to you, Pastor Quinton. Okay, great. Thank you, Justin. I hope that helped you get your head around a little bit around that faith initiative, our online ministry. And so just as I wrap up, I want to say that Susan and I are just so privileged and proud to be your pastors, to see how we have, I don't want to even use the word survive the pandemic. I believe we've thrived. I think considering the enormity of our obstacles, we've done exceptionally well. In talking to a, a significant voice in my life, Pastor John Finkelty, he has a international ministry called Growing a Healthy Church, and he's been consulting uh, with me personally. And we were talking about uh, church size, and he asked, so how big were you before the pandemic? And I said, well, we were around about 180 people, been knocking on the door of 200 for a few years. And he said, Quentin, do you understand this? 75-member church is 50% of the churches in the world. So 50% of the churches in the world are 75 members or less. 50%. He said, if you're hitting around the 170 to 200 mark, then you are placed in the top 30% of churches in the world. Let's get a bit of perspective because we get blinded by the, the mega church and their, their, their presence online, their presence on YouTube and their conferences and all that's awesome. But let's not forget, there are so many local churches just like us building strategies, making plans to reach people, to make disciples and build community, the power of the local church. And we've done exceptionally well. 
just talking to some friends in Australia, in Sydney, going to a good church, good church, about 500 members or so, and they've lost half of their membership, half, because of the pandemic. For us, we've lost about 30%, but that's simply because as we are an international church, we see people leaving each summer and we see people coming. We are a trend, there's about a 30% of our church that's transient. And that's very normal for an international city like Malmo and any other city, large city in, uh, in Europe. So Susan and I are very proud, very proud of this church, very proud of the leaders that have worked so hard to keep the community strong throughout this time. I think we've achieved a lot. But when we look at what I've been sharing today, let me just recap a couple of key points before we pray. So we're going to keep things simple, focused and anointed. We're going to focus on three key things, reaching people, making disciples and building community. And we've got four faith initiatives that will feed into each of those three core fundamentals. Four faith initiatives where we are taking first steps, knowing that doors are going to open, opportunities are going to arrive as we take those steps of faith. And so can I ask you that our hope and expectation is that everybody in this church gets involved. Everybody's got a part to play, a way to contribute over the coming months, over the coming years. So I'm asking you to ask yourself, I'm asking you to ask your spouse, I'm asking you to have a chat in your connect group and with your connect group leaders, how can I be involved? How can I serve? How can I pray? How can I encourage? How can I build a faith expectancy around Lund? How can I build a, a faith expectancy? I'm starting to understand how things are going to work with City Hearts. How can I support that ministry? Well, you can put your hand up and say, look, I'm not sure what I can do, but I'd like to help. Help me figure out a way I can contribute and serve. I want to pray more specifically. Matthew and Christelle, what specifically do you want me to pray for? I want to give financially. Every one of these four faith initiatives from the Future Fund, City Hearts, C3 Lund, and our online ministry have a dollar figure attached to it. It's not a lot of money, but they all add up. And we're going to be putting out an email this coming week explaining in detail what those financial needs are for each of those faith initiatives. Can I ask you to be a part of giving generously to these faith initiatives to make sure that we're reaching into our community, to make sure we're building uh, community and making disciples? Can I ask you to be talking to your spouse and talking to your connect group about taking a faith step and making a pledge offering this year? And what that means is for some of you, you can give one time, bang, there it is. Others, like us, Susan and I, we've, we've never been able to do that. Every year, we don't give out of our plenty, we give out of our lack. It's a faith step for us and we pay it off each month over the coming months to the end of the year. That might be you. You see, all of us can be a part of it, no matter how much or how little we give. And so can I encourage you, as we have talked about faith for the last two and a half months, 
as we've stepped into faith with these faith initiatives, as we've talked about the way forward in faith, can I ask you also to give in faith, to give of yourself, to give of your resources and be a part of building this great church this year and the coming years in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you came with the great mission. You said to go into all the world, proclaim me, bring my healing, bring my grace, bring my mercy, bring my touch, bring my relationship of love. You called us to a mission and vision that's so far beyond us. But Lord, with you and with all of us unified together, anything is possible. And so, Lord, we commit these next steps to you as a church, these four faith initiatives, Lord. We ask for divine doors to open. We ask for divine opportunities to be created. We ask for miracles. We ask for opportunities and relationship that will create opportunities to meet significant needs. Lord, we pray for ministries to be built in Jesus' name that will bring your name, your power, your love into our cities and into this region in Jesus' name. Lord, speak to every single one of us in how we can be a part of this mission that you've called us to in Jesus' name. Bless you as you pray. Bless you as you seek God as to how you can be a part of it and bless you as you give in Jesus' name. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful week in Jesus' name. Bless you.